Thank you, Laura Michelle. What perfect music to just, we're going to talk about Sabbath. If you want to open your Bibles, I'll whisper. If you open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, maybe some of us are already being lulled to sleep. I'm used to that. It's okay. We've had a long week. It's on page uh, 61 in your pew Bible. The title of this morning's message is The Sabbath, Balance in Life, Life in Balance. Well, I'm glad to be home from vacation. There's no place I'd rather be than here with you, worshiping our Lord and Savior. We had a, a very fun uh, family vacation time, lots of family fun. We played mini golf. We did uh, go-karts, around and around and around. We did water slides, great food, a lot of rest. Cheryl and I found something, a new uh, fun show, the new BBC series, Sherlock. I don't normally uh, give a plug for TV shows, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, Ryan and I went to see Nitro Circus 3D. That was, that was <laughs> I didn't sleep that night, but that was fun too. Uh, we spent uh, a week in Idaho up in the mountains, and I'd like to say it was fresh air, but the smoke from the fires out west uh, uh, sort of impacted that, so not so much fresh air, but it was lovely to be out there uh, kayaking, biking, time uh, with family, reading. Three highlights I'd like to give you. One was uh, renting a pontoon boat on Lake Payette and going around this wonderful lake and, and driving the boat and putting Jonathan out and terrorizing him out on one of those it's amazing how fast those pontoon boats can go. So that was a, that was a highlight. We witnessed five baptisms of uh, five young people that uh, were being baptized by their pastor. So the whole congregation was gathered at the lakeside, and the dads of each of those kids walked them out with the pastor and baptized by immersion of those five children. That was a blessing. And then enjoying the sunset at the marina with my sweetheart eating uh, uh, tacos, fish tacos. That was a that was a highlight. And now, just like that, summer's over. It's Labor Day. Uh, we can't wear white. Isn't that the rule for Labor Day? No wearing white pants or white shoes or sandals or something along those lines. I can remember Labor Day growing up uh, in Oakland with, with my parents. My dad would rent a, a huge dumpster that was set out on the uh, drive out front. And all weekend long, we did yard work. It was a big hill. Uh, in the backyard, it was uh, naturally landscaped, covered in, in weeds and bushes. And so all weekend long, from sunup to till twilight, we cut and hauled and cleared bushes. And then we'd collapse on the couch, and we'd sit down, and we'd watch the Jerry Lewis MDA telethon. How many of you remember watching those telethons? Oh, yeah. So Labor Day weekend was a weekend of labor in the Del Santina home, but Today, we're going to talk about rest, Sabbath rest, rest from our labor. And so, let's pray to the Lord of the Sabbath and begin as we consider the fourth commandment. Let's pray. Almighty God, I pray that you would instruct us this morning, teach us, direct our path to keep the Sabbath as a holy day, special, restful, set apart. Pray, Lord, that we would uh, remember that it is a day to look forward to each week, a day for our faith to be renewed, a day to be in, in community with one another, 
And Lord, that this message would be an encouragement and not a... uh, not an embarrassment or a downer or frustrating for folks, but it would really be from you, Lord, speaking to us from your word, uh, words of encouragement and deeper understanding so that we can draw closer to you, so we can commune with you this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 8 to 11, and then I'll, I will pull out four biblical principles Four biblical principles, and then I'm going to point out four guiding principles. Okay, so Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner with who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So for biblical principles, and then four guiding principles. Okay, principle number one, the Ten Commandments do not begin with a command. The Ten Commandments do not begin with a command. They begin with with an affirmation, with an announcement from God. That's extremely significant theologically for us to, to grasp. Remember the scene, the Lord uh, calls Moses up Mount Sinai and began with a preamble to the Decalogue, to the Ten Commandments. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now, now why is that so significant? But listen to the text again. I'm going to try to amplify to pull out this very, very significant theme here. God said, I am the God who has a name for my people. The name is Yahweh. I am the one who is there with you and for you. I am the Lord, your God. That's, that's covenant language. God's saying, I have established a relationship with you before I command you. I I saved you before I ordered you. And this is extremely significant because it means keeping the law is not the prerequisite of our relationship with God. It is not God's precondition. Instead, keeping the law is the way God's covenant people enter into deeper intimacy with the lawgiver. It's how we live this new life. It's a good thing. And and the Lord wants to set set it straight from the beginning. I'm giving this to my people. Our creator wants us to hear. He wants you to hear this morning. If you haven't heard it ever or for a long, long time, I am your God. I am your God. Your deliverer. 
before you hear, and I command you to obey. Does that make a difference? You bet. You bet it does. Before you do anything, God did something. God wants his covenant people to remember he freed them. He liberated them. God heard cries for help and set them free. Hallelujah. That's the way it is. Therefore, therefore, what God has given us in the Bible is the means to protect and enhance our God-given freedom. This isn't a list of do's and don'ts. It's a list to help protect and enhance our God-given freedom. One of the clearest indications that, that we're living out of God, this God-given freedom, according to Scripture, is how we spend our time. That's biblical principle number one. First, he, he frees us. Then he directs us. Principle number two. Sabbath helps us balance our life as God designed life and as God designed us. Sabbath helps us balance our life as God designed life and as God designed you and me and everyone else. You see, God has built into you and to me a particular rhythm of time. Six days of work plus one day of rest. Just like creation, Genesis chapter 2. Six days of work, one day of rest. The, the Bible says we were designed to be productive from sunup to sundown and then to sleep. How many of you are getting enough sleep? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, did you get enough sleep last night? Go ahead, just ask. Did you? Did any of us? We were designed to work all day from sunup to sundown and then to sleep. And how many of us are up all night or up throughout the night for all number of reasons? It, it explains we were wired to work during the day, but not every day. We weren't created to go, 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 and then to cram our rest time in during vacation. Now, if you are fortunate enough to be able to take a vacation, to be able to afford a vacation, how many of us, rhetorically, how many of us come back truly rested? Vacation with family? How many of us come back from visiting our in-laws rested? I spent nine years in Minneapolis, the land of 10,000 lakes. I knew a lot of Christians who had lake homes. They were stressed out. Now, there's nothing wrong with inherently with owning a lake home. That's not, that's not the point. The, the, the point is you cannot bank your Sabbath. Say, well, okay, I'm going to just pound it through, and then I'll, I'll save it up for that last week in August, and then I'll, I'll catch up. It's not how we're wired. It's not how we're designed. It's not how God intended his creation to operate. Another Minneapolis reference, Kirby Puckett. Any, any sports fans remember this? And he talked about the playoffs, and he said, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. We're, we're, not, we're not in October playing baseball. We cannot go, go, go and cram it all in during vacation time. That's why we come back tired, stressed, and, and waiting for the next vacation. 
I read a study uh, a few weeks back, or maybe it was earlier in the summer. It was a study of, of 20-somethings. And the study showed, this is a study in Europe, it showed that young adults, ages, I think it was 18 to, to 30, something in that range, but most young adults live in a state of constant jet lag. Think about it. Think about jet lag. For me, it was just a two-hour change, and that kind of threw us off a little bit. But think about going transcontinental, how it messes up your, your clock. The report showed that, that most 20-somethings, during the week, they're, they're out the door, especially in this area, 6.30 or 6 or earlier. They go work all day. But then when the weekend comes, and the weekend usually starts Thursday night, Friday night, then what do they do? They stay up till 3 in the morning, sleep all day. So they're in a constant funk. No wonder there's a Starbucks on every corner. We weren't built to go, 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 take an energy, five-hour energy drink. Nor were we wired for constant leisure. My parents-in-law retired a number of years back, and they, they bought some property in Sun City Grand, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. This is the land of uh, for playtime for those 50 and better. They bought a house and then they started to build a house. Cheryl and I affectionately called it the Pleasure Palace, right on a golf course. Now, Cheryl's parents kept their regimen of working out. Her father ran five days a week. Uh, they were very, very busy people, very unusual for Sun City Grand. When people move to Sun City Grand, cocktail time starts at about four in the afternoon when they move there. After about three months, it moves up to about three. You know where this is headed. Those long timers, hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. So we weren't built to go, 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 and we were not built, designed by our creator to have constant leisure. We were designed for six days plus one. One reason I think Sabbath is neglected is that, that many Christians think keeping the Sabbath is a burden they cannot afford. Time's too short. I can't fit it in, you say? The Bible says that's nonsense. We were designed by the designer with balance in mind. Six plus one. Instead, most of us overload the system we cram so much in that it, that it spills over into what's meant to be sacred time. Is your schedule a mess? Is there, is there just too much going on? Don't fool yourself into thinking that it's going to get any easier. Oh, well, once I'm out of school, then I can honor the Sabbath. Or, or once the kids are done with sports, once the kids can drive themselves, I won't have to carpool them around. Once I get that promotion, once I retire, it does not stop. You must choose this day whom you will serve, how you will serve. And there's a reason why it made the list, the top ten. At number four, honor the Sabbath. The truth is, if you miss biblical principle number one, that this is about our freedom, and number two, that it's about God's design, then you will miss enjoying what God intended for you to enjoy on Sabbath, 
namely himself. Either you're going to feel bad or you're going to uh, legislate a bunch of rules for yourself and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss enjoying the Lord himself. A lake home cannot replace honoring the Sabbath. Time off, that promotion that allows you to accumulate more hours you have to use, cannot replace Sabbath. A day at the spa, a manicure, pedicure. But what's the manicure? I, there's at least some other. Won't replace Sabbath. It, it's that special. Biblical principle number three. In, in honoring the Sabbath, we learn that our worth isn't from our work, but in our relationship with God. In honoring the Sabbath, we learn that our, our worth doesn't come from our work, but from our relationship with God. In order to keep us sane and sanctified, God commands us to stop, to shift our focus from our work to His work. Deuteronomy chapter 5 is the second version of the Ten Commandments. It says in verse 15, uh, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. How would you like that to be your, your work title, slave? You were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. What's the difference between those two? There's something significant here. It was his hand. It was God's outstretched arm. It's a reminder to us that we cannot sustain ourselves without God's grace. And so we're commanded to stop, to worship God, to enjoy Christian fellowship with our brothers and sisters of every socioeconomic, cultural, racial background in intentional ways. All those labels, all those ways that we keep the pecking order going during, uh, during the week, all those things that we learned on the playground that are still operating in the boardroom, all that set aside. Doesn't matter what your title is, doesn't matter uh, what your bank account is, or even your ministry, all that is set aside. And this is the day that all God's people come together to worship a person, Lord Jesus Christ. Biblical principle number four. Jesus Christ instituted the Sabbath in the first place. Think, think about that for, for just a moment. If we had more time, we'd look at Colossians and we'd look at Genesis 2 again. Jesus Christ instituted the Sabbath in the first place. When he was dealing with accusations and headaches from the Pharisees, who came along uh, and added, it says, uh, over 1,500 extra rules and laws about keeping the Sabbath. Jesus had, had to deal with this, and, and, he, and he says in Mark chapter 2, after dealing with all these accusations, how is it that, you're, that your disciples are, are picking grain? How is it that you're having parties on, on the Lord's Day? What, what, what is all this about? He says in, in Mark 2, verse 27 and 28, the Sabbath was made for man, 
for humankind, not man for the Sabbath. And then he said, and so the Son of Man, this is Jesus' favorite way of referring to himself, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. The rabbis emphasize, do not work. But Jesus emphasized Sabbath is a day to be with God, to enter into deeper communion with God. If they had focused on the Lord of the Sabbath himself, I dare say they wouldn't have needed all those extra rules. And I'm not about adding extra rules. So, so how are we to honor the Sabbath without sounding like a Pharisee, without adding a bunch of rules? Here are the four guiding principles. I'm going to try to make them practical for us this morning. Number one, remember the Sabbath. So these are going to be easy because it's right from the text. Number one, remember the Sabbath. That means plan ahead. Change your routine. Clear activities from your schedule. Get your chores done on Saturday. Your boss has Monday through Friday, and sure enough, surely many of us, that work carries over. Saturday, you get your house stuff done, and Sunday is the Lord's. What if you work on Sundays? Well, King Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is for us, and so there is freedom. There is great freedom. If, if you or a loved one or a friend works on Saturdays, you have freedom in Christ. But find a day to make Sabbath a priority. Remember that this is the first day of the week set aside for the Lord. Remember the Sabbath. Number two, keep it holy. How is it that we can, can read these words and say, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's, the, it's the fourth commandment. Keep it holy. That means protect it as a special day. Nobody's going to police what you do, or how you spend your time, or, or where you relax, but make Sunday worship and Sunday school a priority in your life. School is very important. Kids are in school 1,400 hours a school year. That works out to be about 60 days. Sunday school would be about two days if you crammed it all together. Make Sunday school a family priority, a personal priority. Make worship a priority. Coming to church and saying, well, you know, I make it twice a month. I make it once every six weeks. That is not honoring. That is not keeping it holy. So I know these are, are hard things. Some of us are thinking, I've got plans, I've got plans. How about for this fall? How about for the Sundays from September to Christmas time? You just say, you know what? I make it every other Sunday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make it 25% more Sundays. Whatever it is, I don't want to sit the bar. It's not for me to set. It's for you to think about right now, what are my priorities? Keep it holy. But here's some good news. Isaiah 55, 6 says, says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. The good news is, you don't have to trudge through along week after week and waiting for another holiday. I don't know what's the next one. Is it, 
Is it Martin Luther King weekend? Is it the next big holiday? You don't have to keep trudging. Every seventh day, you get a vacation. You get Labor Day, if you choose it, to rest and to draw near to the Lord. Number three, from verse 10, it says, it is to the Lord, so none shall work. And, and I list off those that are in your home, those that work for you, family members. Bible even talks about, we talked about this with the kids from Exodus chapter 23 about uh, letting your animals rest, letting the lamb lay fallow every seventh year. What, what, what does this have to say for us? Think of the people in your life that you are responsible for. Think of the people in your life that you are responsible for and to. This guiding principle of Sabbath has to do with fellowship and caring for one another. Practically, that means maybe set a date for lunch or for supper with another family or someone who's not able to come to church because they're homebound. Days gone by, people would go for Sunday drives. They didn't just drive around. Although gas was, what, 25 cents a gallon? We're just going to drive all night. No, they, they'd visit. They'd, they'd stop in. How, how's it going? I just wanted to visit. Make that a priority. Set that time aside to, to bless one another, to have time with friends. Protect it from homework. Wait till the sun goes down. If the kids aren't done, They've got Sunday evening, but, but set aside this time during the day. But do not work. From his book, Working the Angles, Eugene Peterson, a uh, uh, well-regarded uh, Presbyterian pastor, originally uh, uh, was a pastor for quite a number of years in Bethesda, I believe, or Silver Spring. He said, uh, uh, Sabbath day... Is, is a time to enjoy uncluttered time and space to distance ourselves from the frenzy of our own activities so we can see what God has been doing and is doing. If we do not regularly qu quit work for one day a week, I love this, we take ourselves far too seriously. Isn't that true? Are you so important that you can't take one day up? Oh, too much time. Really? Let's not take ourselves too seriously. Let's take time to invest in one another. Get together with someone. Write a letter to a dear one, or to a soldier, or to a sailor. Lighten other people's burdens you see working. Say, hey, let me help you with that. You shouldn't have to mow your lawn on Sunday to your neighbor. Oh, I, we'll do our little our shared lawn part. I can, I can take care of that. Those of you that like to knit, make Sunday, that's the day that you take out that special project, you're going to knit that special thing, or you're going to read that special book. Number four, this guiding principle is from verse 11. It says, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And I asked the kids, their kids are so smart, I said, kids, was God tired? They're like, no. I said, so why, why do you think God rested? You know what they said? They, they nailed it. Because every day God said, it is good, it is good, it is good. And he said, you look back, it is very good. 
So this is a day to worship me. It's what your kids said. Love it. Got some theologians in the house. Which means one of the primary ways to honor the Sabbath is recreation. Recreation or recreation, if you will. You can think of it that way. It's a day not only uh, for praying, but also for playing. And playing, uh, recreating, or recreating can take on all kinds of forms. But here's one practical bit of pastoral advice. It's okay to have nothing to do. It's okay for your kids to be bored. That's a good thing. That's where creativity happens. That's where their imaginations, our imaginations are engaged. It's okay to be quiet. We're going to have a quiet time. Now that Jonathan can read, it's a blessing for us because we can have quiet time. We're all going to have quiet time. I have other notes here to, to, to say about maybe saying no Facebook time or things. It feels like it's, it's getting into the Pharisee thing, so I'm going to back away from those things about that. I will say, those of us that love sports, there's a great thing called DVR. It's been around for about a decade. Record the game, a three-hour game. You can smoosh it into about an hour. It's wonderful. Life's a rush. Honoring the Sabbath will cultivate your inner life in an age of total distraction. The Bible says that God blessed and hallowed the Sabbath. God made this day a source of blessing, life-affirming, refreshing. When we rest in Christ, who finished his work on the cross, we experience the satisfaction that God in heaven has all of his creation. We experience the satisfaction on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, some of us feel taxed and tired. I hope not put down or, or embarrassed, but Lord, I know that many of us are tired. Some of us are dreading the week ahead. We're We're already thinking about Wednesday, hump day. When we can't find peace, may your grace break through and remind us of the hope we have in you. Please protect our freedoms in Christ. Please keep us in balance. Lord, remind us of your design by blessing each one here as we honor the Sabbath starting today. Not for others to judge, but for your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you.